Hi, you're listening to the Eco News Report, and I'm your host this week, Alicia Heyman of Friends of the Eel River. Our guest today is Casey Cruikshank, Coastal Programs Coordinator for the North Coast Environmental Center. Hi, Casey. Hi, Alicia. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Coastal Cleanup Day. It's a now statewide program that originated right here on the North Coast with the North Coast Environmental Center. And last year, the NEC also led the effort in transitioning the event to a more appropriate zero waste campaign. This year, it again looks different thanks to the new normal that we're all adjusting to under the COVID pandemic. But let's start off with a brief look at how Coastal Cleanup Day began on the North Coast. Casey, can you give us some of the history, why or how it was established? Yeah, absolutely. So back in 1979, Joe Abbott and his wife, Ann Morrissey, began a project called the Beach Beautification Project, and it became quite the success in Humboldt County. Later, the Coastal Commission heard about the local success and organized the first statewide cleanup effort in 1985, and the Ocean Conservancy tacked on too in 1986 before expanding worldwide The Ocean Conservancy is now working in partnership with the Coastal Commission to do the data collection for Coastal Cleanup Day around the world. Cool. So I said it was statewide before, but it's actually a worldwide program. Yeah. So Coastal Cleanup Day, which now this year has changed, is traditionally on the third Saturday in September, and it happens internationally. You know, there's people from all over the world adding to the Ocean Conservancy's database based on the marine debris that they pick up. Awesome. And so last year, you actually helped us spearhead some really important changes to Coastal Cleanup Day. I know the program has some sponsors that we felt were, you know, kind of a little inappropriate, given that we're cleaning up single-use plastics from the beaches. You want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So last year was my first year coordinating Coastal Cleanup Day as the Coastal Programs Coordinator and just started to notice some things that I thought might might be beneficial to change. We, you know, when we're doing debris removal, we really want to make sure that we're not adding waste to the waste stream by participating in these cleanups, something that has just been happening for a long time. And the Coastal Commission provides free supplies to cleanup coordinators. And those supplies include single-use plastic bags, single-use gloves, and single-use water bottles, even. (laughs) It's a little counterintuitive to the mission. Yeah, it is a little counterintuitive. And I think it's just one of those things that people don't uh, a lot of times think about the deeper meaning behind the cleanups that they're doing. Cleanups are not the solution. They are just a way to educate and to take immediate action. But there's a lot of meaning behind the cleanups that we're doing and why we're doing the cleaning. So we decided to say no to all of the free supplies and kind of strike out on our own to create a more sustainable event. So California Native Plant Society collected their used soil bags and We gave those out as bags for collection, and they're actually really sturdy and work really well for debris removal, so that was exciting, and 
I use them at home in my trash can now as well. Soil bags are <laughs> great for a lot of uses, as well as other things like malt bags from the local breweries. We had Redwood Curtain giving us used malt bags and even dog food bags and cat food bags work well. There's a lot of good alternatives there. Pearson's donated, I think it was 500 pairs of reusable gloves so that we could hand out gloves to our participants. So that was a really awesome upgrade. Single-use gloves don't protect your hands from anything dangerous anyway. Yeah, that's for <laughs> so, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. So reusable garden gloves were an awesome step in the right direction. And then I think that the the part that I was the most excited about was the t-shirts. We got donations from a bunch of local thrift stores of plain t-shirts and then worked with ProVolt Design to print the t-shirts locally. And we had a local artist create the logo. All of our local sponsors were on the shirts, which in the past, the shirts have been provided by the Coastal Commission with the single-use plastic water bottle sponsors and large sponsors that weren't pertinent to this local area. So we were really excited to be using used shirts, which actually created a really fun variety of t-shirts for all of our participants. I mean, there was every shape, color, size, pattern that you could possibly imagine. And it was really fun to have people be able to pick out their shirts and have kind of a more personal connection to those t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And be able to proudly display our local sponsors too. And it was just really well supported by the community and a big success considering we really had never done a project like that and weren't sure how it was going to go when it started off, but it went really great. Yeah. That's, that's such a smart idea. You know, I know a lot of people around here who've been participating in coastal cleanup day and other environmental initiatives for years have hundreds of t-shirts with logos on them. So to be able to pick out your own tank tap or bring in a hoodie or something that actually fits you well, like that's just, that's such a cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was really fun to be able to support local business in the process as well. And yeah, like I said, have people be able to pick out their own shirts and feel like they stand out <laughs> among the crowd instead of everyone wearing the same thing. Yeah. So how how did that go last year? Do you have data about, you know, what what kind of trash was picked up and how participants did using the new zero waste format? Yeah, yeah. It went really, really well. I think it really couldn't have gone any better. You know, we didn't we didn't have any negative feedback from participants. As a matter of fact, we had a lot of people saying, Yeah, you know, we've we've had the same thoughts for a few years and you know, we're really glad that you made these changes. So I think it was really well received by participants and really well received by businesses. You know, if you're sponsoring our event, it feels really good to have your business logo on our t shirts anywhere locally that we can make it more available. And we found the same classic items that we normally find, you know, usually in the top five are number one, always is cigarette butts, food wrappers, plastic bottles, cans. Yeah. Mostly just single use plastic Mm -hmm. (laughs) wrappers. You do a lot of coastal cleanup and, you know, garbage pickup on your own outside of your job at the NEC. What is, what are some of the strangest things you've found? Is there anything that really stands out in your mind? (laughs) 
there's a lot of strange things that I've found. As a matter of fact, I think that that's kind of one of the fun, one of the most fun aspects to trash picking and kind of what keeps me coming back from more is not only does it feel good to have an immediate positive effect on the environment, but you just seriously never know what you're going to find out there. <laughs> we found wigs, We've found notes. We've found some really old toys. I was out at Agate Beach. For some reason, Agate Beach is a lot of toys wash up there. Hmm. And it's, it's, I really like trash picking at Agate Beach because it's wash up and not necessarily dumped material. So like this, this waste is coming in from the ocean. So, you know, I've found bottles from Japan, different types of fishing gear that's used all around the world. So trying to track down the story behind some of the debris that you find is really cool. And like I said, I was at Agate Beach with a friend who comes out with me all the time and she found a uh, Burger King toy that was from like, I think it was, it came out in 1990. So there's, there's, we also found a toy that was from the fifties and, you know, it's, it's crazy to look at these plastic toys that, you know, they're still, they still have their integrity. They're still, you can tell what toys they are. You can still see their color, but then you find out that they're super, they've been out there a super long time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a testament to, you know, how long lasting some of this junk is. Absolutely. You mentioned before that Coastal Cleanup Day isn't just about the actual cleanup, but it it also isn't just about beaches, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, the, the term Coastal Cleanup Day is a little misleading because all around the world, these cleanups are happening everywhere, <laughs> not just on the ocean. You know, all all waterways at some point lead to the ocean. So any waste that's entering a waterway anywhere is heading to a body of water where it shouldn't be. <laughs> so yeah, and this year we're actually encouraging people to participate in their neighborhoods to try to keep our community a little safer and not have as many congregations on the beach because neighborhood cleanups are just as important as beach cleanups. That waste can flow down into our storm drains and get out to the ocean. And a lot of the waste that we see on beaches is coming from the streets anyway. So any cleanup anywhere is very important. And touching back on the fact that cleanups aren't just about cleaning up trash, the the really important lesson behind cleanups is tracking what you're finding and identifying where that waste is coming into your life. So, you know, one of the one of the most powerful memories that I have is I was sailing in Northern Territory, Australia, on beaches where people hardly ever go. You have to sail for a month at a time to get just to get to these beaches. And the beaches were covered in trash from all around the world. And it was, you know, obviously plastic that had been washed up from out in the ocean, you know, not left by beachgoers. And just seeing plastic water bottles and plastic baggies and food wrappers and thinking to myself, I use those items, <laughs> you know, and, and so that was kind of where all of this began for me. So every time it feels like every time you go out, you identify something new that you think to yourself, do I really need that? Because this is winding up on the streets. And I think that's 
that's one of the most gratifying parts of hosting cleanups is seeing people make the connections between the things that they're picking up and the things that they use in their life and the desire to reduce the use of those single use items. Folks, I think we just heard the origin story for a true coastal cleanup hero right here on the Eco News <laughs> Report. So you talked a little bit about how this year things are different. You're encouraging people to clean up in their neighborhoods. How else are things different this year? It's, it's a month long, right? We're actually in coastal cleanup month right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in years past, like I said, it's a one-day event. And we'll have site captains and they would go to their site and they would host a group cleanup and they'd report back to me. Obviously, this year, we're not going to be doing that. But there's actually a silver lining because in my book, this should be a lifestyle, not a one-day event. So moving toward a month-long event is actually more in line with our mission. So we're encouraging people to pick up every Saturday in September or I'm just encouraging people to pick up all the time, anytime, anywhere. (laughs) So the entire month of September is Coastal Cleanup Month. And we have a sign-up sheet on our website. And you can report your debris to a debris reporting form where we have prizes this year, which is the first time we have prizes. So that's exciting. And it seems to be going really well. We had our first Saturday just passed over this weekend, and we had quite a few participants. And I saw lots of photos of people out picking up trash and having fun. And I was even out there myself and was really pleased to see a lot of people out there with their trash pickers. So I'm really excited that we're doing this for the entire month. Excellent. And if people still need access to gloves or, you know, those trash picker upper things or buckets or something can do you have tips on where they can get those? Can they still get them from the NEC or how, how's that looking this year? Yeah, so that's kind of one of the more unfortunate changes of this year is that we're not renting out supplies or checking out supplies to our participants. That's something that we're really proud to be doing every year is to provide zero waste cleanup supplies. But we couldn't do that this year. So I just encourage people to get creative. A lot of times we have a lot of the items that we need to host a zero waste cleanup just at our house. An old pair of garden gloves make for great protective handware when you're out picking up trash. If you do want to buy a trash picker, which does save your back, I love that's probably my favorite trash picking tool because if you're picking up debris that you don't want to be close to or you just want to save your back if you're out for a few hours, those are great. You can get those at a lot of the local hardware stores. Ace Hardware has them. Pearson's has them. Yeah, those those can be found at quite a few places locally. And like I was saying before, try not to use single-use garbage bags. I think a lot of people, you know, the easiest thought is like, oh, I got a roll of garbage bags in my kitchen. But there's a lot of really creative ways that you can pick up waste without using virgin plastic. Like I said, if you've got a pet, use dog food bags. If you've got a garden, use soil bags, or even just a five-gallon bucket works great for picking up trash. Excellent. You're listening to the Eco News Report, where I'm talking with Casey Cruikshank from the North Coast Environmental Center about Coastal Cleanup Day. So 
What other kinds of plastic reduction stuff is going on here locally? I know at the beginning of the year, the city of Arcata had some movement in reducing single-use plastics. Is, is there anything else you can you can say about that? Yeah, the city of Arcata is doing a really good job in an attempt to reduce plastic waste locally. I actually served on their zero waste task force for about a year, and they came up with the zero waste action plan for the city of Arcata. So there's a lot of talk about reducing single use wear in local restaurants, like to go containers, which is certainly a large portion of the waste that we find. And the NEC is actually currently working on a pledge to. I think we named it the single-use opt-in pledge, where we're going to approach local restaurants and have them sign this pledge that basically states that people, you have to get people's consent (laughs) before giving them plastic, (laughs) which is, you know, especially during this time, something that is really hard when you're trying to lead a zero-waste lifestyle. You know, if you If you do want to go out to eat, you have to specifically say multiple times down the road, you know, don't give me plastic utensils or can you please not put it in plastic? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a big issue right now. Yeah. Well, and once they've given it to you, you can't really give it back, especially in this, you know, new normal of the COVID era that we're living in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, It's a bizarre experience, you know, seeing that plastics are thought to be safer than, (laughs) you know, just regular silverware. We we actually went out to a local restaurant and, you know, we had the whole social distancing guidelines and everything, but they've switched over to all plastic cutlery. And it just doesn't it, it doesn't quite click with me because, you know, if. I don't know, the the pl- the single-use plastics, I don't see how that is. You can't just use a dishwasher and sanitize. And <laughs> yeah, it would make me wonder how carefully they were washing their cutlery to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you said, you know, we didn't, we didn't want any of the plastic wear and we had our own utensils, but they can't, once it's been set on the table, they just take it back and throw it down anyway. So that's a... That's a really tough issue to be facing right now. Yeah. Well, and what do we know about single-use plastics in the COVID era? Is it a smart precaution? Is it kind of a promotional gimmick from the plastics industry? I know the NEC had an article on their website recently about this. You know, what what's your take on it? My take is that it's absolutely a promotional gimmick by the oil industry. There's a huge push for single-use plastics right now to keep promoting the oil industry. (laughs) And I actually learned a lot about this by watching the story of stuff. We recently did a screening at the NEC on that film, and the film isn't available through us anymore, but we did do a webinar just kind of covering our thoughts about that with Zero Waste Humboldt. But you can find that film on Amazon and I highly recommend renting it and watching it. It's absolutely worth it. I learned a ton and yeah, I think that plastics aren't any safer than what we've been doing. And, you know, the, now that we're able to bring our reusable bags in, I'm 
so desperately wish that I could bring in my reusable containers for a lot of bulk items. And there's some places that are allowing it and some places that aren't. And I think the the lack of consistency is is definitely frustrating. But the single use single use plastics are not any safer than the reusable containers that we have, in you my mean. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear. You mentioned the story of stuff and a webinar that the NEC and Zero Waste Humboldt did. Is that available to watch on your website somewhere? Or how can people see that webinar? Yeah, so the webinar is definitely posted on our Facebook. We did a recording of the webinar and potentially on our website. <laughs> There's Yeah, there should be an event there that has the link. And the story of stuff, like I said, can be rented on Amazon. So the webinar is just a review, basically reviewing the film with a panel of experts. So if you watch the film before doing the webinar, then you can learn more. But we have a little section in there about what you can do as an individual, because our goal behind all of this education is to leave you with a feeling of hope, not of one of dread. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, especially during this time, too, people are trying to be as careful as they can, rightfully so, and trying to protect their loved ones. But, you know, for those of us who have also been working for years to reduce our footprint, it's really, you feel really caught and you want to make the best decision you can and make an informed decision. So the more information you can get, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you said, it's you're kind of caught in between two places because you want everybody to be safe and the proper precautions to be taken, but also the amount of waste and the the step in the wrong direction that we've taken with single-use plastics is really alarming. So let's talk about the fun part. You mentioned prizes. If people are participating <laughs> in Coastal Cleanup Day this year... They can win prizes. That's that's pretty awesome perk. In addition to helping, you know, clean up your your backyard or your local environment. Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm I'm really excited to be offering prizes this year, particularly to encourage people to participate in the data collection. And that's a really important aspect to our cleanups. We you know, we want people to be tracking the debris that they're picking up so that we can better identify waste patterns that we have locally and create solutions from those waste patterns. So in a brainstorm to try to identify ways to get people to be more excited about data collection, we thought, hey, prizes, (laughs) everybody loves a good prize. So we got some donations from some local businesses, including Humboldt Distillery, Pen and Pine, and Adventures Edge. And then we actually got a grant where we were able to give back to the community and purchase some prizes from local businesses. So we're going to have some zero waste supplies, some zero waste books, and a few other things that haven't actually been picked out yet. <laughs> but we announced what prize is coming on the next, on the following Saturday on our social media. So our first prize was a cleanup kit donated by Humboldt Distillery. And then the next prize is going to be a variety of zero waste supplies and a zero waste book. Cool. So if people want to get in on the action, they can follow you where and how? They can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is at your 
Y-O-U-R underscore N-E-C. And then our Facebook is just the North Coast Environmental Center. So those, the prize announcements will be on the Wednesday before each Saturday's cleanup. And in order to win the prize, you fill out our debris reporting form, which can be found on our Coastal Cleanup Day webpage on our website, which has just a whole wealth of information about Coastal Cleanup Day. Basically, everything that you need to know about participating in Coastal Cleanup Day is on there. And by filling out that form, then you are entered into a raffle to win the prize. Very cool. Well, do you want to leave us with any final thoughts about, you know, what really drives you to do this work, your your favorite pieces of it? Yeah, I the most rewarding part for me is working with other people who are just as dedicated to debris removal. Actually, my article in the September edition of Eco News was kind of my summary of a few recent projects that have gone really well in the Adopt a Beach program. Basically, volunteers following the protocol that have been laid out that made it so that large debris could get quickly and efficiently removed from our coast. And seeing those types of successes just makes my heart sore. (laughs) Makes me feel like I have the best job in the world. I feel very, very passionate about debris removal and Like you said before, Alicia, I spend a lot of my spare time doing this, not just for my job. So there's a there's a pretty high level of passion there. And the volunteers are really what makes it for me to be able to have people report debris to me and then have others and myself that I can rely on to go out and remove the debris. It's just a really gratifying line of work. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, for those of us who are involved in environmental work, that instant gratification is not something that comes about easily. You know, I know in in my work, sometimes we're involved in litigation that can span for a decade. (laughs) There are really long drawn out processes. So this is a great way to see a problem and fix a problem. And, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's a small piece and we're, it's part of a bigger picture of changing our behaviors and changing giant industries. But it it feels really good to just clean up a little space and know that you've done your part to make that little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the best parts about the cleanups is that it can be as big or as small as you like. You know, you could it could just be you picking up a couple of pieces of trash between your front door and your car, or it could be a giant 300 pound cleanup out at the beach. It's you know, it is what you make it. But every single Every single part of it feels good. And by participating in data collection, you're adding to the more long-term picture. So it's got the short-term gratification and the long-term picture aspect. So it feels really good. Yeah, totally. Well, if people want to learn more, they can go to the NEC's website, yournec.org. Casey, if they want to contact you, how do they do that? You can send me an email, and that's just Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at yournec.org. Great. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Our guest today is Casey Crookshank, Coastal Programs Coordinator for the North Coast Environmental Center. And you can catch the Eco News Report again next week at this same time and channel. If you have any issues you'd like us to talk about on a future Eco News Report, email me at 
tom at wildcalifornia.org. 